Welcome, sports fans, to the hottest sports podcast in the game, JT and the Don, with your hosts, Jimmy Thompson and Donato Bucci. They're covering the most current issues in sports from the 305 to the 412 and all the way to the West Coast. You can follow them on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at JT and the Don or email them at JTandTheDon at gmail.com. Now take it away, guys. Welcome to the next episode of JT and the Don. I am the Don, Donato Bucci. And remember to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and whatever platform you find all of your other favorite podcasts. And remember to please leave us a five-star review. Thank you to Nicole Thompson for the awesome introduction, as always, into our guy, Mike Regina, with the pump-up music, getting us ready to roll. So, without any further ado, let me welcome in everyone's favorite JT, Jimmy Thompson. How you feeling today? Why are you treating this like it's like a job interview or like we're on the job? Like, you got to say everyone's full name. Jesus. Like you just throwing out government I, names. Like, stop doing that. Like, I gotta, just just be yeah. just say just, just say JT, just say Don, just say Regina, Nicole, I, if you want to. You got to throw get, everyone's full government names out there. What you going to get? Social Security and addresses next. I got to thank everybody. You know, I got to give the, I got to give credit to ev- everybody. So they can then look them up on social media, start following them, building their brand. How about the other people, JT, that have helped out us? Why can't yeah, you drop like handles, that? not last names? Same. Maybe that's what you should do. Drop handles, not last names. Same thing, right? I mean, you, you want to build, you need to build your brand through Facebook and everything, right? TikTok, everything. And I'm supposed to be the marketing person. Look at this guy. Marketing 101. You've been taking classes behind my back. I see. I can't trust you. Hey, I got I gotta make sure. Just in case you try to get rid of me, I know how to do everything. Uh, that kind of that sounded kind of like mafia-ish, but it, I digress. Here we go. Can well, we start that, the show? What are you talking about? That doesn't exist. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So hey, what doesn't exist anymore is Frank Reich as head coach. Oh, no, 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 my brother. You got to answer this question first. Oh, you don't get off the hook. You uh, got to answer this question. These are I had Colts. such a good segue. You couldn't just let it go. Nah, nah, nah. Because oh. you tried, you tried to get out of answering this first. You're going to have to take this one on the chin. So we're going to talk about the Colts. Don's pick to win the Super Bowl last week. What? They fired his coach of the year preseason candidate Frank Wright after a three five and one start, and then to make matters crazier, they went and hired ex Colts player Jeff Saturday as their interim head coach rather than promoting someone that was already on the team. So let's start with Wright and his tenure in Indy. What went wrong? Because this was your guy and this was your team. And this is completely opposite of what you expected. So what was the issue? The issue is, the issue was and is Chris Ballard and Jim Irsay. Because when Andrew Luck, and it does stem back to Andrew Luck, and, and no fault of him retiring, but when he retired late in the preseason that year, JT, he put the team in a bind, and Chris Ballard and Jim Ursay were never able to recover the organization based off of that decision. Four different starting quarterbacks for Frank Reich the past four years, Brissett to Rivers, to Wentz, to Matt Ryan. And even predating that. sounds that, like a bad ESPN 30 for 30, <laughs> by the way. 
<laughs> That's a good point. And prior to that, predating that, even with Andrew Luck, they never built an offensive line for Andrew Luck, which is part of the reason why he retired. Then you look at injuries, including this year with uh, Shaquille uh, Leonard. So he's out. Because if you look at what he's done offensively, meaning what Frank Reich did, JT, it really isn't bad. When you look at their offensive DVOA, which is defense adjusted value over average, which basically takes into account the quality of the defense they're playing, they ranked 10th, 19th, 12th, and 13th. That's not bad considering he never had a franchise quarterback. Yes, they had a good run game, but we play fantasy. You never know who to take. You actually stay away from any of their skill position guys besides Jonathan Taylor. Never had a, a tight end or a big-time receiver. So all of those things is what went wrong during his tenure. And it goes back to Chris Ballard and the owner of the team, Jim Ursay. So you want to blame everybody but the guy that's on the field calling the plays. I, I don't exactly. like how you're hedging your I just, I just Cause, told cause, you cause, just, just, how just well say, he just did. Say, so he's saying that Frank Reich was sabotaged. And, you know, he, he just couldn't overcome this insurmountable incompetence from upstairs, right? Is that, that's, that's, what, that's what went wrong. I just told you how well he did. 10th, 19th, 12th, and 13th. That's above – that's in the top half of the league in offensive DVOA without a big time quarterback, without a without a Pro Bowl receiver, without a Pro Bowl tight end. I mean, with offensive line, they had to try to rebuild. All right. So three reasons why this was a disaster. And one, I will give you credit on Ballard. I, I agree with you on that to an extent. But main issue is. Let's see if you listen to me. Do you remember why I said I was not on the Colts bandwagon to begin the season? Ah, something about you thought Jacksonville was going to go 17-0. No, we're not talking the about the Jags, specifically well, what I said about the Colts. You probably do remember, but you're just too salty to, to admit it because it's true. My issue with the Colts has always been they have great individual players, and I always said they are they are not – a quarterback away from being great. And I'm not so sure their issues last year were a Carson Wentz issue. I think they just don't have enough depth and talent across the board. And whose and you, fault is that? Uh, let me get there. I, that's and what I said. I, you I, can't I, tell let me. Let me finish. Let me finish. I, you I agree finish, with you. I you agree with you on Ballard. This is, you, this is where I'm going to agree with you. So if you be quiet, I'm going to agree with you. This is where the GM comes into play. They had no depth. So what happens is, when one of those pieces that are actually good underperforms or gets hurt, then it starts the snowball effect. You saw it with Jonathan Taylor. He did bad this year. They struggled. The offensive line, for some reason, regressed and took a step back. And that caused struggles as well. And they just don't have enough talent across the board. You mentioned uh, Shaq Leonard. He didn't play all year. And that defense has suffered. So they just don't have enough guys that you know they can survive injury or if a certain group takes a step back in performance. So I will give Ballard blame on that. And I guess that kind of ties into Ursay. Now let's get into your boy, Frank Wright. Before you go there, you said I, you didn't believe they're a quarterback away. You can't tell me 
if they don't, I, don't. Have, I still don't believe they're if, a quarterback away. If they if they had a guy like a Justin Herbert or a Patrick Mahomes, they'd be in the same spot that they're in now. No the, way. The passes would just no look pretty. No way. The no passes, way. please. Justin me, Herbert. Hold on, let I'm me talk. trade Justin Matt Herbert Ryan for Patrick Justin Mahomes Herbert and can't see even what make the, Justin Herbert can't even make the playoffs with the talent he has in Sandy in uh, L.A. The Chargers, because right? They're a so team what makes you that think? So what makes you think loses in the end? Hold on. Justin Herbert, who had a healthy Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Austin Eckler, Josh Palmer, can't make the playoffs, but we expect him to go to Indy with Michael Pittman, Paris Campbell, and the remains of Jonathan Taylor's ankles, and this is going to make a world of difference. They're not. And I think that's why Andrew Luck kind of retired. He's like, we're not as close as people think we are, and the reason people think we're close is because of me, and I'm the one that's taking the beating. So, they're not a quarterback away. It wasn't a Carson Wentz. It wasn't all his fault. I'll, I'll blame Ursay and I'll blame Ballard for that. They have drafted poorly in the, and it shows in the depth. Now, Frank Reich, I've been on record saying this. Sometimes these coaches are getting exposed because their claim to fame is sometimes you just get along with the quarterback. Now, that's not saying you might not catch lightning in a bottle, but how many of these guys can go to a team and say, you know what, I can replicate the success that I had in my previous stop, and I can show the world that it was me. And he didn't do that. Never once. His whole thing was getting the Eagles to the Super Bowl, turning Carson Wentz into an MVP player, and winning the Super Bowl at Nick Foles. It was all offense and quarterback driven. That was his claim to fame of why he got this job, is he's the next quarterback guy. Failed miserably. Like, Phillip Rivers, Matt Ryan, and Carson Wentz, the guy who you turned into an MVP in Philly, you couldn't get any big seasons out of those guys. Now, some of those guys were older, but still, you're supposed to be this offensive guru. He didn't do his job. He didn't do his job well enough. And I feel like the combination of Frank Reich probably being overrated and Ballard also being overrated, because just two years ago, people were like, oh, he's GM of the year. Like, he's making all these great moves. They just got exposed, and they, they, and we, they showed people that sometimes you give people a little bit too much credit. And really what they should do is Andrew Luck should get paid because he essentially has turned the Colts into, well, Andrew Luck was there. He's good. Anybody the, anybody after them, the Colts are just considered good, even when they're closer to being an average franchise. Well, I, I totally disagree with you in, in terms of how you view Frank Wright. Did he not take his team with Phillip Rivers to the playoffs? Answer is yes. In a, in a bad division, right. It doesn't right. matter. It's the NFL. But, but here's the thing. But it's the thing. NFL. It's you, a result. You can't. But here's the thing. You can't. Ex- you, can, you, you can't expect me to give him credit. One, when he's supposed to be this offensive guru, the offense isn't humming, and you're in a division where two of the teams are lottery teams annually. Like, no, I'm not Houston giving you credit. Houston was not at the that, time. That's that. That's Houston like that's like the, the same, That's like the same argument that we've had about the Patriots and the legitimacy of their dynasty. Yeah, they were killing the AFC East, and it was a generationally weak division. This is the new AFC East. It's, no, it's a generation generationally weak division. It's them and the Titans, and that's it. And, the, and, the, and it's I don't even think it's that close anymore. AT, you forget two, three years ago, Deshaun Watson was taking Houston to the AFC playoffs. But like, he, but how many I, times did how many times did he play there? And Houston was still bad, even though he was good. It doesn't. I, at least two of those years in the year that Philip Rivers got to the playoffs, that was him. Deshaun was the quarterback. Like I, Houston has I, always it, been bad. Even when Deshaun has balled out, they have out, not always been bad. been bad. They've, they've made been the bad. playoffs. 
your your definition of bad then is any team that doesn't win the Super Bowl is bad. So you're go right. to the Frank, next. You're question. right. You're right. Frank, go to Frank, the next question. Frank Wright is misunderstood. The, he's the best. He's the, the best coach question. ever. Go Whatever. So let's. So let's let's move on to something that I think we'll be closer to agreeing on because I understand Frank Reich is your coach of the year and you know don't want to look bad your Super Bowl pick and your coach of the year are just up in smoke up in flames so you don't want to admit that so maybe we'll we'll have a common ground on this Jeff Saturday now for those who don't know Jeff Saturday was like us not in the NFL not as a coach he was matter of fact on TV calling plays. A coach in high school football, if I'm but he did play, but he he did did play play in the NFL. Probably probably the best center to ever play for the huge difference between him and us, JT. Don't don't gloss over that. All right, whatever. So case in point is Frank Wright got fired. Jeff Saturday was not on the coaching staff, and they usually promote interim head coaches from on the team of current people that are there. So, of course, Jeff Saturday gets named the head coach. Is it disrespectful? for the Colts to name him the interim head coach with no college or NFL coaching experience. Like I said, his highest level of coaching was in high school. Is that disrespectful to name him in that position? Apparently not JT. Cause they won. I mean, if, if you're going to say, and you say this all the time, Oh, this coach is getting exposed. Frank Wright got exposed. So-and-so is getting exposed. Well, you know what just Saturday did? He came in and won the game. He won an NFL game in his first try in one week. In one week. First of all, he came in and exposed Josh McDaniel. So let's not act like it's some great feat. But it doesn't matter. Josh McDaniel, according to you, has all this experience under Bill Belichick. Oh, hold on. Time out. I was it. No, 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 no. no, 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 no. no. You just I was against that hire. You the one. It doesn't matter. Good. It doesn't matter. You the one that said McDaniel was good. You, You talk out of both sides of your mouth because you just said that. Saturday has no experience, highest level is high school. Well, I'm just saying McDaniels, it doesn't matter whether you think he's good or not. He has way more experience, right? And according to you, these guys get exposed left and right. So guess what Jeff Saturday did? Then he exposed McDaniels. So apparently it's not disrespectful. Go ask his players. They won. They were happy after that game. They played pretty dang hard. So and remember, this is only an interim tag. Everyone's acting like he was just made head coach of the Dallas Cowboys after the Cowboys won back-to-back Super Bowls with Jimmy Johnson. Like, pump the brakes. I mean, he just won a game. I think he kind of justified that, hey, while you could have made any other hires, he won the game. And let me ask you this, JT. I keep hearing about Oh, my goodness. They had Gus Bradley on the staff, former head coach. Why didn't he get the interim tag? Oh, my goodness. John Fox. Why didn't he get the tag? Tell me this. What have those guys ever won in their careers? I know Gus Bradley did not win much in Jacksonville. I can tell you that much. All right. So, yeah, there might be some up and coming guys like the special teams coach Bubba Ventrone, but. Jeff Saturday still got it done. Just because Bubba Ventron's an up-and-coming guy doesn't mean he would have been able to rally the troops and go into Las Vegas. He had no head coaching experience either. Yes, he has NFL coaching experience, but he doesn't have head coaching experience. And Gus Bradley, John Fox did, but you know what? Obviously, the thought is those guys couldn't get it done either. And I'll remind you again, it's an interim tag does not mean anything right now. 
All right. If he's going to be named head coach, they still got to go through all of the steps, the proper procedure, according to the NFL rules. All right. And listen, at the end of the day, is it the right move? I didn't think so. I, I thought this was not the right move, but neither am I going to be disrespectful to Jeff Saturday, who played in the NFL and came out with a victory. I'm, I'm not going to do that either, because obviously he got the coaches to buy in and the players to buy in for this week. And then he can go from there. So is it disrespectful? No. Was it the right move in my opinion? I didn't think so. But hey, even even the dawn of sports is wrong sometimes in sports. More like all the time. Well, first of all, you fell for the trap. This is the one thing that I feel like teams do. When you fire a coach, you want to make sure that new coach is going to play in a game where they can actually have a chance to win. So, Oh, hey, my. It's the NFL. Let me, let me finish. I'll let you Sunday. talk. I'll let you it talk. It doesn't matter I'll who let, you I'll play. You, you can you win talk. or lose. I'll let you talk. I know that's your inner coach coming out. But, hey, look, if I'm going to fire you and I'm, I'm doing shady practices that maybe somebody's not agreeing about, and I'm like, hey, the Raiders are on the schedule, we're going to make the move now. That's first. Now, I'm really torn about this because there's two ways you can go with this. My gut of why I think this is wrong is I think this is the NFL's way of saying, you know what? We really wanted to hire Josh McCown. And everybody gave us all this hell about, oh, he doesn't have this experience. He's never coached in the NFL. So he's not a qualified candidate. So the owners are like, aha, I got one better. We'll just name these guys interim head coaches. So that is their quote unquote experience on the job so that when the hiring cycle comes around for the full time coaching jobs, hey, you can't say this guy doesn't have experience because he just completed, you know, whatever, six or eight games as an interim head coach. So the owners were being sneaky. And I think that's the main issue I have with Jeff Saturday, because it's not even about him. It's about Josh McCown and guys like him that they want to get into the league. I'll tell you what, you're giving Jim Ursay a lot of credit, man. You're making him sound pretty smart. I do. I, and, 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 hey, well played and, and by the owners. trying to get around things. Well played by owners. Because I think the Texans really wanted Josh McCown, and I think that is a way to get around, you know, the Rooney rule. We can make them interim head coaches. Because nobody's going to bat an eye at that because it's going to a bad situation. Now, the other part of this is I'm kind of glad he got the job because usually this is a situation where it would go to a, to a black or a minority coach where it's a can't-win situation. It's bad. You're lame duck status. And you know that they're not going to hire you when they come to, when it comes time to do the actual search to replace the coach full time. Like this is where uh, a Verone or a Fox or a Fangio or a Leslie Frazier would get this, get this gig for six to eight games. And then, you know, they're that whole staff is going to be fired. So right. I guess I appreciate Ursay not wasting our time and doing what he really wanted to do. And that's why I'm kind of torn on this now. Whether he won or not is not as irrelevant to me because the Raiders are bad. They're bad. But, I, but, here, but here's the thing I, I will I say about I think it here's, is here's the thing I will say about Jeff Saturday is specifically in his situation. If I'm a guy on that staff, it's not the fact that they hired somebody that wasn't on our staff. And also, if I'm if I'm not mistaken, they also promoted they didn't promote somebody to OC to call the plays. They brought somebody in also who was not on that staff. So that's a double slap in the face. But the biggest issue I would have if I was on that staff and Jeff Saturday got hired, it's what Jim Ursay said as the reason why he brought in Jeff Saturday. Basically what he said is, I want him to be my eyes and ears in that locker room to see who's on board and who's not. So you, I don't know how, I don't know if you consider working at, working, working at certain places corporate, but, in corporate talk, let me tell you what that means. 
I need you to snitch for me. So tell me who's all my side and who's not. Report back to me. And if I am a guy in that locker room that's on that staff, Jeff Saturday is not my friend. We are faking it because he is a snitch for Jim Ursay. And that's what Jim Ursay wanted. And he just got, so got lucky enough that they played the Raiders first and they won that game. I mean, listen, it's still a win in the NFL. Not many people in this world, in this lifetime, have a win. A win is a win. A win is a win. But all I'm saying is, all I'm saying is, the win is like on the bottom of like everything that's important with this because this is this is a big issue for the NFL. Like Jim Ursay has opened up a can of worms that even the the Fritz Pollard Alliance is looking into this. Like (laughs) they have found a workaround from the Rooney Rule, and it's like damn, like this was actually brilliant, even though I don't agree with it, but this is going to be a huge problem because this is how you're going to get these guys in the league that don't have any other way to get in there. And JT, that is why I say the win is relevant. I'm not saying in a good and bad or bad way. What I'm saying is why it's relevant is you better believe if he runs the table here and goes five and one or whatever they have left, guess what other teams are going to start looking at? Huh, Tony Romo, how much can we pay you to come out of the booth? Huh, Troy Aikman, how much can we pay you to come out of the booth? So you may think it's not relevant, but I think you just explained why it's relevant. Because and, if you don't and, want this to happen and in we'll the future, be And we'll be having the same conversation next year when Tony Romo gets a job and Eric Bieniemy is still not getting interviews. Right, and that's why this is relevant. Because if Jeff Saturday falls, let's say he goes 0-6 now because he doesn't get to play the Raiders every week according to JT. So if he doesn't get to play the Raiders and goes 0-6 the rest of the way or however many games they have left, maybe 0-7, I can't remember. But if if that's the case, JT, then guess what? It's going to be hard for other owners to say, hey, you know what? Let's take him out of the booth. Let's let's do a hire like a Steve Nash or a Jason Kidd after three years of retirement come and coach, even though you have no experience in any level of the NBA or the NFL in this in this instance, or even the college ranks of of NCAA football. So if he falls flat on his face, it's going to be one of those situations where eh, let's not hire that guy from the booth doesn't turn out well. Uh, Yeah. And you're counting on NFL owners to not do dumb shit. But anyway, go ahead. Uh, Well, that part, that's a whole different conversation that you're right on there. So, all right. So the Buffalo Bills and Josh Allen, they lost a heartbreaker, JT. And really, the Bills kind of blew this game, obviously, fumbling the quarterback center exchange at their own one-yard line, half-yard line, when they were basically – going to just run the clock out take a knee and get in the locker room so this is definitely a jt type of question all the drama here are the bills officially in trouble and are they still the super bowl favorites yes they're in trouble and their super bowl hopes are dead like the buffalo bills just died last sunday it's over and for multitude of reasons one they still have the same problems that stopped them from getting to a super bowl last year They still can't run the ball. I don't even know why they get all these running backs to not use them. They still can't win close games. I don't even, I think they're like, what, like one in eight or nine in these close games since last year. And that's a trend that is troubling. And and it's also tied to them not being able to run the ball because they go up big in these games and they can't ice it away. Something the Eagles can do, but the Bills can't. And I know that 
we're going to talk about him in a minute, but part of the reason why I'm saying that they're not, they're not Super Bowl to me this year is, it's Josh Allen. We love him, but let's admit it. He's got a turnover problem. He had 15 interceptions last year, and he's already got 10 through this year so far. And I'm not even counting the fumbles. And that turnover that he had that was a fumble, obviously the biggest turning point in that game against the Vikings. And add to other things, their defense is banged up. They're down their two top safeties, probably the top safety tandem in the league, Employer and Hyde. I think Rousseau just got hurt. He's a big contributor up front. That defense is not what it was expected to be coming into the season because it's been just so decimated by injuries. And speaking of head coaches, it's time to look at McDermott. I know Bills fans are upset. Shout out to Germ. He's been saying it for a while. This is the difference that is keeping them out of the Super Bowl. It is the coaching and all these other factors that go wrong for them. Because when you go to the playoffs, it's you versus an Andy Reid. It's you versus a Belichick. It's you versus a McVay. It's you versus a Shanahan. It's you versus even I'll throw in a Mike Brabel at this point. And Sean McDermott is showing he's not on the level of those guys. You let a rookie coach in O'Connell come into Buffalo and and that happens. I'm sorry. Like, I got to start pointing the fingers at him. Like, he might show he might have shown us that the Bills have a ceiling with him as the coach. And then you add in all these other factors. There's no way I can say that they are Super Bowl favorites. I don't even see how they can go. And that's what this is exactly why I didn't pick them to go to the Super Bowl is because I still had all these concerns that they haven't fixed yet or are coming true that I'm like, you know what? You just can't overcome these. And I hate to say it, the quarterback has to be perfect when you're facing all these things. And he's not. He he is a risk taker. And they can't be up by 40 throwing the ball still they got to run it at some point. So, yeah, like I said, Super Bowl, that's dead. Buffalo Bills died on that field last Sunday when they were playing the Vikings. So I'll say that you bring up a good point with this turnover problem, and that is concerning. That is concerning, and I'll, and I'll give you that. But let me tell you why they're not officially in trouble, and they're still Super Bowl favorites, all right? So the Vikings, JT, they have one loss all year. They may be the top dog of the NFC, and they went head-to-head, down-to-the-wire, overtime. That's not a loss that you hang your head on at all, all right? And the Bills had the lead. They blew the lead. Now, is that concerning? Sure. But does that mean they're officially in trouble? No. They're still 6-3, and easily a wild card team, still seven games left, probably win the division. And their offense, number one in yards per game, number two in passing yards per game. We talk about how their run game is, is not good, and I've said it for years even before you did. But you know what? They're... 10th in rushing yards per game so they're making an effort to run it they have a committee in the backfield and they are actually running it just good enough to be a team that can win the Super Bowl because they have Josh Allen because they have Stefan Diggs they're number two in points per game on offense so I don't know what else you would want from your offense at this point defensively they're still pretty good I know they have those injuries, and again, that's a concern. So turnovers is a concern. Here's what here's the, what I would say. Here's what I would say. The with run defense. game and their, I'm not, their I'm not injuries saying the def- to the I'm not defense. saying the defense is trash because they still got Von Miller. But if you're I because I know you're the analytics guy and I know you're looking up DVOA and, and and PPR spark score and shit like that. But take out that Titans game, and I wonder where they truly stand. Because that Titans game was best defensive performance I've seen all year outside of what Philly did to the Vikings on Monday night. Like 
what they did to the Titans on was that a Monday night game? Like insane. Take out that game and show me a, a truly dominant performance where you're like, all right, these Bills have played like a top five defense. Like the Eagles have done it. The but Eagles have played, done it repeatedly. But they've played good teams. They're not playing a Washington offense or a Giants offense. They're playing the Dolphins. They're playing Minnesota. I mean, these are top five. You know, they're playing Kansas City. Like they're playing top. They five played. They offenses. lost to the Jets. In the Jets. Jets, JT, listen, I'm not a Jets fan. And anytime I get a chance to bash the Jets, I'm going to bash the Jets. You're not about to do you, it. But you have to respect them at this point. Like I can respect so, it. I can respect okay. the Jets. So don't just I can say they the Jets lost to and the be Jets. skeptical about the Bills at the same time. Both can be true. Okay. You can be skeptical, but you're saying they're in trouble. In trouble. They are. Like, they you are. You've got to rebuild everything. And we haven't even, we, we were, we're talking about all this stuff. Listen. And we haven't even addressed the elephant in the room because you don't want to talk about it. You don't want to talk about the elephant in the room because you don't want to jinx him because this is where this turns into a fantasy football no, show. You I'll don't, tell you, you right don't, now. You don't, want to, you don't want to address – we talk about all these things that are going wrong, and you don't want to address the, the main elephant in the room that is the most scariest glaring issue that they have. It's that man's elbow. Let me tell you something. Forget the elbow. He's fine. He's he'll be fine for this year off season. He's like I saw the practice reports. He's out the, there. I'm good. They'll deal with he's it. Like, right? He's like he's like book book that thirty point projection for this week. He's good. See, he don't <laughs> no, want to talk about that. That, no, that 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 is that is a big deal. But no, this is. You, but listen, you're, you're let gonna me give you Josh this Allen stat. To be Josh Allen at the end of let, the year. Let me give you this stat, and it'll put all your worries away. Go ahead. Give give me give me give me that give me that PPR spark score DVOA. Listen, it's gonna. The other question was over. the other question was are they still Super Bowl favorite? What do I always do when you ask that question? Do they still got Mahomes? Do they no, still got no, 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 no. Oh, it's my the, bad. Wrong question. It's the other one. What's the other question? You asked me a lot, what, of, a lot of questions. What does Vegas tell us? Vegas has them at plus 380. Vegas all Vegas also tries to sucker people. So 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 let, 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 let's not act like oh like Vegas is some charity where they're just like, hey man, we're giving out free information. Come so, come win money with us. Nah, they're trying to trap you like hey, Buffalo, still Buffalo is still Josh Allen. Come by. Yeah, Buffalo is still number one, best odds at plus 380. Then Kansas City plus 500, Philly plus 600, 49ers plus 800. Vikings plus 1,100, then the Ravens plus 1,300. I can't believe the Ravens are like top six there. But Buffalo, according to Vegas, Super Bowl favorites. Sorry, I hit the mic. Super Bowl favorites. And guess what? I'm going with they're still the favorites. Next question. Oh, I got to give you the next question. I got to give you the next question. Dang, ruined my dramatic next question. So, all right, you want to talk about Josh Allen. Is Josh Allen the MVP front runner still? No, how can he be? <laughs> I mean, he he's up there for sure, but he can't be the front runner. I mean, we're gonna talk about some other guys that I am more impressed with this season. I mean, you got guys like Tua, Jalen Hurts. I mean, I'm impressed with some of the skill position guys like uh, Justin Jefferson, who basically won that game for the Vikings against the Bills. I'm impressed with uh, Tyreek Hill, who I think should seriously get some MVP consideration. What he's done through the first, uh, like, eight to ten weeks. So I don't think he's the front runner. And then I also can't discount the guy who is falling into that Tom Brady realm where we're just getting so bored with him doing what he normally does, and it's Mahomes. Like, he got to be up there, too. So to say Josh Allen is the front runner, no, I can't I can't say he's the front runner right now. And then also I look at Josh Allen this way, and I think this is – if you're, if you're going to say he's the front runner, 
This is why, and this is why I can't fall into this trap with him. This might be a bad analogy, but I'm starting to look at Josh Allen the way I look at guys like Aaron Judge, Mike Trout, Otani, and like we get caught up in them doing like these freakishly good things. Like it's it's ridiculous. Like it's these things we've never seen, these aliens. But it's like how much of this freakish ability does Josh Allen have? It's actually translating into wins and championships. And that's the kind of that's the level where I'm judging him off of MVP now because I feel like he's gotten all the hype and it's like, but he keeps making all these mistakes. So like, at what point does he get a ding to where we can't be like, oh, he's the front runner, but he's throwing 15 picks. He's throwing 10 picks. He's fumbling. You know what I mean? So some other guys that we're going to talk about on this MVP list at some point, if they were doing what Josh Allen did from the mistake standpoint, this wouldn't even be be a question. But I think because, Josh Allen is so fun to watch and so it's just so freakishly gifted. It's like, hey, as long as they're still in the playoff race and he still looks good while he's doing it, like it looks fun, he's gonna be an MVP front runner. But I can't honestly realistically put him as a front runner. But I mean, top five, I guess I, I put him there, but front runner, no. Yeah, no, the front runner, no, because what am I gonna ask you, JT? What does Vegas tell you? That's right. I'm glad you asked because Patrick Mahomes is the front runner at plus 125. And then it's like, I don't even know a crazy game that he's had. And he's, it, I'm in my mind, it's like, he's, well, he's, he's got to be the front runner because I think well, he's leading the league in touchdown passes. Yeah, his stats are ridiculous. Uh, then you've got Hertz and Tua are up there as well as far as odds on. But Mahomes is number one. So I've got to say, Mahomes is. But I agree with you. I would throw guys like Justin Jefferson and Tyree Kill up there, too. Um, maybe even before so, Josh Allen, especially with what happened this past weekend. So I'd even give some love to defensive guys. I mean, like they're they're having heck of a heck of years, too. So maybe even Cooper Cup before he just got hurt, like he was putting up crazy numbers, too. So, yeah, I, I think we agree. We just can't put Josh Allen as a front runner just because, you know, it's a sexy thing to do. But in Vegas says so. Vegas says we're Vegas says we're right. So uh brought up Tyreek Hill, brought up Justin Jefferson. Um, so I want to talk about some receivers. Uh, I feel like there's there's a boatload of talent at the receiver position. Like and they're young, and they're most young, of them man. are young. I th- I think I saw a graphic where they were showing like somebody's favorite wide receivers under the age of like 26, and like I'm like uh, a chase. Jefferson, T. Higgins. I'm like, there's all these guys on this list. I'm like, Jesus, like the league is in great hands. But I mean, you even look like the wide receiver twos are like elite. I mean, like T. Higgins, I wish he would just get somewhere where he would get like 10 to 12 targets a game. Yep. You know, so with that being said, wide receiver position is in a great place right now in the NFL. Um, now I, I thought about this because we just watched this great game in Buffalo where Jefferson and Stefan Diggs were going at it, and it was incredible. So who is your guy that you're saying right now, all right, I'm going to plant my flag on it. This is the best receiver in the league. After Sunday, man, I'm going to go Justin Jefferson. That guy in the fourth quarter told Kirk Cousins, told O'Connell, whatever, hey, throw me the ball. You didn't target me in the third quarter. Throw me the ball. I'll get us this win. Every pass was to him. It didn't matter. Guys draping on him, one hand catch. That may have been. 
it, it rivals the Odell Beckham catch. I don't know if you saw that catch by Justin Jefferson. The no, I missed it. Describe it to me. Yeah, I, I missed uh, all right, probably the greatest catch it. of all time. But no, describe it to me. But, but the difference was the defender was draped over him and really had a good angle to the ball over the top, and he just snatched it. It from was the guy really supposed hand. to be an interception. Exactly. Like, I was watching. I was watching it with my boys, and I'm like, oh, interception, game's over. I'm like, wait a minute, like why are they not celebrating? I was like, oh, he caught it. Like this is unreal. Right. Were you watching it in the uh, man cave at the Thompson compound? No, I'll, I was actually I'll, I'll watching it thing. in another compound. So, so that's a, that's adjacent so, adjacent to this one. Oh, in the same uh, mansion neighborhood. Yeah, uh, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. You know, so, we don't leave this area very often. So I'm going Justin Jefferson, but JT, looking at the stats and how guys have played, I mean, Tyreek Hill is balling right now, and. This is the guy I would maybe put number two. And you didn't believe in Tua, and I told you have faith. Hey, I think Waddle's going to come up big. And you said, nah, he's going to he's gonna regress because Tyreek's getting targets. Waddle, 75 catch, catches, 878 yards, six touchdowns. He's not having a sophomore slump. So my guys are Justin Jefferson and Waddle, and then Cup and Hill are fighting for number three. And that's not a bad top three at all, man. And, and Diggs is nowhere in this? Well, I'm just saying top three. I've got, you know, you've got Diggs. You've got to put uh, so you Devontae have, you have, Adams. You have Waddle ahead of Diggs right now. That's what I've I'm got, getting at. I've got Waddle ahead of Diggs, yeah. Ooh, that's tough. Yeah. Um, I've, I've got, you've got to put Devontae Adams. And I know we don't consider him a receiver, but Kelsey, you know, you could throw Kelsey in this. You always so. try to throw Kelsey into receiver <laughs> conversation. So I should have seen that one coming. Um respect i hate to agree with you because i feel like the situation between well i think it's obviously it's 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 a three-headed monster at the top it's cup it's jefferson it's Diggs, and i think they all have their own individual cases why they should be number one and they all have their individual marks against them why i can say they're not number one and i'll 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 base it on this justin jefferson for me is number one is one he's the youngest out of all those guys so he still has the most learning to do and theoretically, that means he has more upside that he hasn't, you know, he hasn't tapped yet. He's younger than Waddle. I'm talking about in my three. Oh, Cup, your three. Diggs, okay. In him. Okay. But also, I look at this. He has, he has the most working against him. He has the newest coach. Like this is O'Connell's first time as a head coach, so I don't expect this to be perfect. And I think he has the quarterback with the least amount of arm talent upside in Kirk Cousins. Cause I think if we were like, if everyone's healthy, who would you rather have cousins, Josh Allen or Matt Stafford cousins is probably going to come in three of most conversations. So I'm like, he's overcoming all this stuff and he's still breaking all these records. Like any, however many years he's been in the league, he's always going to be like, Oh, well, Justin Jefferson has the most X, Y, and Z of any player that's been in the league. As long as he's been in the league. His first two years, his first three years, his first year. So I would have him as number one. Um, I think I would have Cup and Diggs switching at number two. And I and I don't want to discount Jamar Chase either, because I feel like because he's hurt, we're just acting like he doesn't exist. Right. He would be he would be a close number four to me. And then number five would be Tyreek Hill. Cause I I did not think that he'd be able to do this with two as the quarterback, but I think he's showing like maybe Andy Reid and the Chiefs were underutilizing him, if that's even possible. So that's my top five right now, but I got to go with Jefferson just because I, out of that clear top three, he's in the least, most, most least desirable situation with quarterback, uh, new coaching staff and things like that. So what he's doing is incredible, man. Like, and it's like, he, in a way it's like, he, 
it's like we don't even I don't even I watch him like how is he doing this he's not a burner he's not fast he's not the tallest like it's just he's like look like you said I'm gonna go out there give me the ball and I'm gonna get this win that's that's kind of how he is and it's just you just don't explain it but at the end of the day you look at the box score and it's like this guy's this guy's a really good player yeah yeah I mean he he's had that mentality since LSU and we forget about guys like Debo Samuel DK Metcalf we're not even mentioning those or guys. freaks. Like, it, these are uh, freaks. A.J. Like, Brown? Like, we didn't even D- mention A.J. Brown. A.J. Brown. Like, and, 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 I, I guess, I guess that's Monday the point I was game. trying to make. Justin Jefferson is so good, he makes you forget about all the freak yeah. shows. Like, yeah. D.K., Debo, Chase. Like, they're, like, they're uh, legitimate freak shows right. in the NFL that I'm but, like, man. But, but not only that, they're really talented wide receivers, not just athletically, but they know how to play the game. They can catch, yeah. you know? Yeah and run routes like so. justin jefferson is making the megatrons disappear in our top five and like that's that's a lot to be said yeah i agree all right so let's switch over to college football get a little college football in here alabama survived uh their game last weekend in oxford mississippi against lane kiffin and old miss jt bama eight and two solid record still five and two in the conference but they are now in a unusual position for them they're on the outside looking in and not only the sec championship game but obviously college football playoffs so uh this is a jt type of question what's wrong with alabama jt i know you think this is just you know overreacting it is i think there's a few things wrong but some of it is not actually things that are wrong with alabama itself so let's unpack this I think the first thing that's wrong with Alabama is, let's just admit it, the SEC has had an immense upgrade in coaching across the board. Like, look at all the coaches in that conference. Kirby Smart, Heupel at Tennessee, Lane Kiffin, who we just talked about, Billy Napier, Brian Kelly, um, Mike Leach, Jimbo Fisher. Like, this is a coaching gauntlet, and all these guys can do two things that will drive Saban nuts. One, all those guys can recruit, and two, all of those guys know offense. Like Saban, let's be honest, he's one out of those two things. He's great on defense and he's great at recruiting. But now you have all these guys in your conference in the SEC that can coach and they can recruit and they know offense. So I think that's the first thing that glaringly stares that stands out to me as what's going wrong with Alabama and why we're seeing them kind of take a step back this year. And the other thing to add on to that is, I've said this before. I don't like how Alabama does business with who they decide to bring into their coaching staff because I feel like all they do is take NFL guys that have failed, like a Bill O'Brien, Adam Gase, they or Steve Sarkeesian, which wasn't that bad in retrospect, but they take these guys that have failed and these coaches just go there to rehab their image. And I'm like, are the coaches really making the players better or Alabama's just getting so many talented kids where all you got to do is hold a clipboard and you're probably going to win 10, 11 games, make the playoffs anyway. So I think as the coaching across the league is getting better and Nick Saban is still doing this old way of doing things, it's like, okay, who's going to have the better results? Bill O'Brien calling the plays or Hypo or Kirby Smart or Lane Kiffin. And I think that's where you're seeing it. The other thing is, I think Kirby Smart has shown, at least in the SEC, he has shown the way to beat Nick Saban. And it's not on the field. I think what he's shown is, you know what? Be a good coach, 
but also make football fun. Because I think that's the one thing that if you talk to Alabama players that have played there before, like it's great. We're winning championships. We're going to the NFL. But I don't think a lot of guys say it's fun to play there. Like they know they're going there for a job and they have a, they have work to do. Where like I look at Georgia, these guys are having fun. They're jumping around. Like Nick Saban's not not down their throats for throwing up signs or you know celebrating after a big play. And I think that's the main difference between him and all these different guys that I named that are coaching is they allow their players to have fun, you know, with their success. And I'm looking like Alabama used to be a straight shot to the NFL, but like I could go to Georgia now and go to the NFL and get just as highly drafted. I can go to Florida. Tennessee is getting there. I can go to Texas A&M. But also, it doesn't have to feel like a dictatorship. And I think that is something that people aren't talking about, but it's starting to chip away at Bama's dominance is kids just want to have fun and win. And then the third thing I think is wrong with Bama is the obvious, the NIL and the transfer portal. And it goes hand in hand with the fun. You know, if guys aren't getting on the field or if they're feeling like, you know, what, Alabama and Nick Saban is not the right fit for me, they're going to transfer. And these NIL deals are allowing guys to, you know, explore other options. And the transfer portal is not allowing guys to stick around in unhappy situations as long as they would be in the past. So I think those three situations have contributed to the lack of depth at Bama that we're used to seeing. And inevitably, to me, that's what's wrong with them. They just don't have the ability to hold on to as many guys as did in the past. And these are the three reasons why. Listen, the, that's all fine. But the problem is there's not that it's not that there's nothing wrong with Alabama, but let's not say, oh, hey, they need to rebuild and they're never going to win again. Like, that's what you're making it sound like. You're making it sound like it's dire. No, straight no I'm not. Over in I, Tuscaloosa. No, I'm not. And, so, and, and we'll, yeah, and we'll did, get, to, like, we'll get oh, to that in a minute. They're not having fun. Saban's getting out coached. The other Nick Saban is not fun. Listen, he is not. So, so, but that's not, that's not a problem. And it's not what's wrong with them. So if you go look at it, it's that the SEC teams have gotten better, JT. Obviously, Georgia is still Georgia. But you look at Tennessee, they weren't like this the past decade. They're 9-1. and one. They're one of the two teams that beat Alabama. Then you look at LSU, Brian Kelly coming in. Yeah, great coach, no doubt. But LSU has not always been able to beat Alabama. But they're starting to build back from what happened um, during their national title day there, and they're eight and two. Oh, they're one of the other. They're the other team that beat Alabama. Ole Miss, which gave Alabama all it could handle, eight and two. You even look in their division of the SEC, Mississippi State, six and four. So you've got really good teams, and it's a combination of what you said. Better coaches have come in. You've got the NIL, which means that. Some of those guys are going to go to Tennessee instead of Alabama now. They're going to go to Mississippi State instead of Alabama. They don't fit, they don't feel like Alabama is the only way. Correct. And then you've got the transfer portal, but that's always been around. So I think the SEC teams even though I always think Yeah, but I feel SEC like I feel like the transfer portal has never been I feel like it gets it gets it gets worse every year. Like okay. where where Fair it was enough. like 3 4 years ago we're like, yeah, all Fair right. Enough. Now it's just like Bro, people are just throwing their names in there just to see what, what offers they can. <laughs> like it's, it's like it's like trading. It's all of those factors that have made it more difficult. So it's not that there's something wrong systematically. So you basically with, saying with you agree Alabama. with me? You just repeated everything no, I just said. No, yeah, but, like the coaches, 
the transfer world. But you're making, just, no, just, just, you're, just say it was right. It's, it's no, okay. We can agree on one out of eight topics. You are correcting your points, but your overall idea is not your overall opinion is not correct. You're making it sound like it's the end of the world in Tuscaloosa. I didn't say and that. It's not. I feel like and you're trying not. to set me up for this and next question. That's, that's are, not what I said. These are the three. These are the three biggest things of why Alabama is eight and two and not 10 and 0 or nine and one. Bryce Young has been hurt. Their run game has been inconsistent. And over the years, man, Derrick Henry, Mark Ingram, I mean, you could go down the list, Najee Harris, like you can go down the list. This run game is inconsistent. And then number three, it's not the same defense we have seen. Like they're not creating those turnovers. No one is fearing them. Tennessee's going in, putting 50 on them. You know, Ole Miss without quite their offense that they wanted, still almost beat them. So those are the three things. So cool. Coaching, NIL, and transfer portal. No. Glad we can agree on something. Nope. Next question. I did not. See, don't don't say that because I did I did not. I did not say those things. I did not say those were the issues. All right. So another JT question here. Is this the end? Of the Saban era. I think it's the end of the Saban era that we're used to. Like, I don't think they're going to be winning two out of the three national championships. I think those days are done. I think what they're going to do is they're going to shift to, they're going to be more like the Chiefs than the Patriots, if that makes sense, where they'll be around, but they won't be all-time epic like we're used to seeing, like three in a row and stuff like that. Like, they'll they'll do just enough to where, like, you know what, hey, like, Alabama's still there. But, yeah, I do think the days of like back to backs and you know three and four and stuff like that, two and three, those days are done. No, th- this is not the end of the Saban era. They still could win two out of three, one out of two, back to back. Like I'll tell you, I'm gonna give you JT the exact date the Saban era ends. It's February 28, 2030. You know why? That's when his contract ends. That's the end of the Saban era. Next question. Well, next question is you. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I was waiting for that. Yeah, I went, I went out just, just at the right moment there. All right. This segment, JT, we're bringing it back. We had it in you as a new one, and then we got away from it because you couldn't think of good, good enough topics. So we're going to go hot or not. So I'm going to we'll give we'll give each other a take. And then you say. If you believe in it and it's a good one, it's a hot topic or a hot take. If you think it's BS, it's not. All right. That's that is the best explanation I've heard you give of this segment. And, and that's kind of why I went away from it because you just couldn't you say that artic- you, you said you, that you, the last three nah, times. You, 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 you couldn't quite articulate what it was about. Because 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 you had you had improved so much from horrible to like uh but this was good so so you said that the last three times so, so hot me hot means i agree with it not means it is i don't agree with it i got you that, that hey look he, he's progressing guys I, I can't knock him but what's the question all right so first one with jonathan kaminga and james wiseman's slow development and jordan Poole struggling a bit to start the season the warriors future dynasty is over Oh, yeah, for sure. Hot take. It's done because it's not even the fact that those guys are struggling. It's that 
they're this bad and they are going to be nowhere near the players that they thought they were getting. Like it was essentially supposed to be an easy handoff. Kaminga, Poole, and Wiseman, and Steph, Clay, and Draymond are supposed to go into the sunset. And that's not what's happening at all. First of all, Kaminga and Wiseman are horrible. Like they might not even be, you might look back and say like they shouldn't even been lottery picks. They're they have been that bad. And then I look at Jordan Poole. He did great last year when those other guys were out. But now he struggles when he has to come off the bench. So that's worrisome to me, too, that he can't star in a six-man role. Rather, he has to be with the starters. And you just look at how their team is not going to plan. I don't think they planned for Steph Curry to play this many minutes. And here he is, probably going to be in the MVP race all year because these three guys aren't taking that next step to where him, Clay, and Draymond can fade into the background. So I'll say this. Two things are going to happen. They're either going to have to go beg Kevin Durant to come back to keep this thing going, or they're just going to have to keep playing until Steph, Clay, and Draymond can't do it anymore. Because if they're waiting on Poole, Kaminga, and Wiseman, it's not going to happen. It's over. I say not. Because they weren't going to be the leaders of the next dynasty anyway. These guys, in my opinion, were always going to be those guys that filled in around Steph and Draymond and Clay. And if Wiseman turned out to be a great player, great. We'll build around him. But I don't think they went into this saying, hey, Jordan Poole's the next Steph. In five years, we're going to build around him. And, oh, Kaminga, who has a very raw talent, he's going to be this great player, and we're going to have this dynasty that rolls 10 years from now because of this trio. No, I don't think anyone. I don't even think Bob Myers. They made that. him a third splash brother. They were counting on him to be the next Who? guy, Who? Jordan Poole. Okay, but that's one thing. But that's not to say this trio was going to be that trio or continue the dynasty. Don't tell me to move along when you took all that time explaining something that was a terrible take. Go, you're next. Next, I know you're going to love this one. Justin Fields is a legit MVP candidate. Hey, listen. Hot my, or not. Listen, my new favorite player, I told you all along this guy was going to be great. Did I not? I told no, you, you did it. All right. First of all, so, no, you did it because you said that Joe was the best player. quarterback in that draft. And I said Justin Fields should be number one overall. So Pick we're not up. we're not denying that. Go back and run the tape. You did not say Justin I know. Fields. I was told you guy. he was going to be better than Trevor Lawrence. So listen, that statement, though, for how much I like Justin Fields now. It's not, not, it's not a hot take because when you throw in legit, I can't buy it because he was not good enough early on JT to warrant being a legit MVP. He should not be mentioned up there as far as MVP, as far as Mahomes, Hurts, Tua, Josh Allen. We talked about the receivers, Justin Jefferson, Tyreek. I mean, Justin Fields for how good he has played the last three games. No way he should be mentioned as a legit MVP uh, contender with those guys I just mentioned. As much as I love Justin Fields, I'm going to agree with you for the simple fact that they're three and seven. No MVP candidate this legit can be on a three and seven team. He's fun to watch, and maybe this can happen next year, but they're three and seven in the discussion. All right, so let's go to your team. Here's the take. The Dolphins are the best team in the AFC. Ooh, I see what you did here. You're trying to get me to say something that I'm going to regret having on camera. As much as I love my Dolphins and I'm surprised by them, no. It, until the wheels fall off, it's the Chiefs. The Chiefs 
are the standard. The Chiefs are the team that everyone's chasing in the AFC. And the Chiefs are the team that everybody, when it comes time to win those clutch playoff games, got to go in the arrowhead and beat Mahomes and Reed. And that's not something that I'm com- confident the Dolphins can do. They might be able to do it, but I'm not putting any money on it. So until the Chiefs are the throne, that's the best team in the AFC. Well, I'll tell you what. You may be wearing that hat. You may say you're their biggest fan, blah, blah, blah. But this is a hot take, buddy. All right? And I'll tell you why. Tua, according to the Vegas odds, number two in the MVP race at plus 400. I told you before, he's only behind Patrick Mahomes. So right there, they're telling you something. But then on top of it, the Chiefs are 7-2. and two, Dolphins are 7-3. and three, And... This is the difference because offensively, Kansas City's number two in total offense. Miami's number three. Defenses are similar. You know, they're maybe 20-yard difference. But I'll tell you one thing. The Dolphins' run game is better, JT. The Chiefs can't figure it out with this committee. And I'll tell you what, that Dolphins committee with Mostert and Jeff Wilson, hmm, reminds you of when the 49ers went to the Super Bowl with Shanahan with that backfield. So if you're going to tell me what team right now is the best in the AFC, you know I love Mahomes. You know I love the Kansas City Chiefs. But I'm going to say this is a hot take. It's your Dolphins, bro. Believe in them. Believe in them. Jeez. I, I believe in them, but I also picked the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl. So I, until they're out of it, you I got personal motive. I still got to stay true. But, I mean, that's a very convincing argument. I mean, you almost got me – willing to come over but i i just can't fall into that trap because it is because everything you described the difference comes down to mahomes versus two and that's what i got jt i'll end with this though we talked about in our prediction show who's the next cincinnati Bengals. let me tell you something they're right in front of our eyes it's the miami dolphins and who beat the chiefs in arrowhead for the afc title game the cincinnati Bengals. it can happen again and it just might because i believe more in the running game of the dolphins and I believe in those receivers of the Dolphins because I'll tell you what, Tyreek Hill, JT, going back to Arrowhead with the AFC title on the line, a trip to the Super Bowl, I'm taking Tyreek. He will make sure they do not lose. I mean, you talk about a guy that wants to get back at his team and show him how much they're, he's missed and how much they made a mistake. It's Tyreek Hill, man. You can't, You cannot underestimate that. Damn. I'm not going to lie. This is what I'm talking about. I need you to bring this type of energy every show. I, I, I never thought that my that my Dolphins would bring this out of you. Like, like that was savage. Damn, can, can, whatever that whatever that was that you just did, can you ball it up and save it? Because this is what I need. I'm changing I, my answer. I'm changing my answer. The Dolphins yes. are the best team in the AFC. Yes, Damn, that, that, was, that, I, that was a fucking good argument. I'm sorry you, you can edit this out later, but... Jesus, that is what I'm talking about. That's why I signed you up to be my partner on this show. I don't know what the hell you've been doing for a while, but he's back finally. I, I don't Ooh. know what I've been doing for three and a half years. I don't, I thought, I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. But today is a new day. He changed. He changed his way. That's I what thought, I'm talking about. I thought I always brought it. I, I don't know. Not like that. I, for me to, for me to change my mind like that emphatically, I'm not looking back. That was a good argument. That's the best argument you've ever had. Hey, that's a first that you changed your mind and went with my opinion. I'll take it. All right, so so, so Tyreek is the theme here. Sticking with that, Tyreek Hill or Justin Jefferson should be the NFL MVP. Hot take or not? It's it's a hot take. 
you can pick either or. I'll be specific with J Justin Jefferson, and I'll ask you this question. Did you watch that Bills game, JT? Because if you watch that Bills game from beginning to end, there's no doubt in my mind, I know he's not a quarterback, and I know he's not Aaron Donald, and I know he's not Lawrence Taylor, but I'll tell you what, what that guy did Sunday in the fourth quarter when I felt like, and I have him in fantasy, and I'm sitting there thinking, you're going three and out. You're not able to move the ball. You're blowing this lead, or you, you're making, you're trying to make a comeback, and you're trying to do it out Justin Jefferson. Feed him the ball and see what happens. They started doing that, and guess what happened? He put the team on his back. He got them the victory. He's the reason. That was a great interception at the end. But Justin Jefferson, without him, they don't win that game. They've got the best record in the NFL. They beat the Vegas favorites in the Buffalo Bills. All right. So those two things alone and his performance, JT, I don't even pull up the stats because it was ridiculous. You don't need to know the stats. Just watch that game and you will know that's your MVP. That's the MVP of the league. Ooh. All right. Um, I don't think we can go wrong with either one of these guys. I do think that one of these two guys should be the MVP. And I'm going to go with the other guy, Tyreek Hill. Why? Because he is on pace to shatter whatever Calvin Johnson and Cooper Cup wish they could do in, in their wildest dreams. And I feel like the only reason he's not getting any credit is, one, he plays for the Dolphins, and two, he only has four touchdowns. Like, this is epic stuff that Tyreek Hill is doing. And you know what? We it's going to be so sad when we look back at this and we're like, why did we not appreciate the season that he's having? Think about it. He lost Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid and went to a rookie head coach and a quarterback that can't throw a deep ball. And here he is doing better than he's ever done with the Chiefs, with the Dolphins. Just on that alone and the fact that you think they're the best team in the AFC, he should be the MVP. The best player on the best team should be the MVP and it's Tyreek Hill. And that's the end of this discussion. That's a good argument, but I didn't say they're the best team in the NFL, but that may be the Vikings, and Justin Jefferson may be the best player. He is the best player on possibly the best team in the whole NFL. Boy, you don't believe the Vikings are the best team in but the NFL. either way, either way, it's a hot take. We agree. All right. So, all right, so let's go to something that probably would be a hot take for one of us by the end of the year because I haven't been keeping the score because I've been doing terrible at these. So I know you've been – I trust that you were counting all the votes. You're an honest guy. I've made a heck of a comeback. All right. Are you there yet, though? I don't know. i got to crunch the numbers. These numbers keep getting crunched tighter and tighter <laughs> in his direction. I'm, I'm, I'm trust the honor system. I'm trusting he's doing the shit he's supposed to do. Weekend predictions. I'm not going to argue with you about these games. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna leave it as is since you came up with these. Do you want to so, add some? I mean, listen, it's not a great weekend of football in either you college. Every, you said every weekend, and I find some stuff that's interesting. No, what happens is the really good weeks we don't do a show. Uh, whose fault is that? It is the guy that is too busy. It's you. But I'm glad you're here today. So so let's do this. I actually do see a couple that aren't on here that I want to add. But let's start with yours. Can we do that? Let's go. Uh, he's, do college first. You he's, know. he's really bad about that, guys. I'm gonna hear. I'm gonna hear about that for for the rest of the night. Watch that. Don't. Jump All right. Around. So so college. Uh, Illinois at Michigan. I put this on there, JT. I think this is a sneaky upset. I'm gonna go Illinois. I'm gonna go Michigan. I feel like ever since they got rid of Josh Gaddis, they 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 look like the team that could kick Ohio State's ass, and we don't. 
Makes sense. All right, this is actually a really good game. USC at UCLA. I'm going UCLA. Old school rivalry game back in the Rose Bowl. It's got that vibe. I'm going Chip Kelly and the home team. I'm going with the guy that I think is, whenever he comes out, bro, they should tank for this guy, Caleb Williams. I'm going USC. Him and Lincoln Riley is just going to be too much. Uh, oh, I know why you put this game on here. It's our yearly rivalry you game. You won't let this go. It's not a rivalry. You just won't it let is. this go it's because I was right for one rivalry year. Game. One year, you won't let it go. This is bragging but, rights for a whole year. But, hey, year. look. Look, I know, I know you and Mike are going to annoy the shit out of me about this game all week. So let's go. Utah at Oregon. Don't ask why we why this is a rivalry between us. We don't none of us attended this school. We we've never lived in these states. We don't watch their games. It's just it, this is this is where we are in life. So who you got in this game? If if you've been a listener and fan of the JT and the Don All Sports podcast, you know why this game's important. If you go back to, I believe it was the Two years ago. 20 the 2020 NFL preview show I believe or no I think it was the 2019 NFL preview show that's what it was the 2019 college football preview show excuse me you will have seen that JT had Utah in the college football playoffs I had Oregon and Oregon beat Utah in the Pac-12 title game neither team Neither team went to the college football playoff. That but you leaving out you leaving out the fact you Oregon out, hold on, beat hold on. Utah. He's leaving out he's leaving out the most important fact about that whole thing. Yes, okay. Utah did lose to Oregon in the in the Pac-12 championship game. But the reason they hate it so much is Utah was undefeated all year, and they were like, no, he can't. They 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 were undefeated. They, they, were, no, they, for, they for, lost for, the game. They lost for the game. a major portion of the year. They were undefeated. Right. Well, they lost the game in the regular season, and as soon as they lost that one, Mike and I and, and every and every week they kept winning. It was like the, the hate just grew more and more. So here we are, Utah, you, Oregon, Oregon. Right? You choose Oregon because you got. Oh, to. of course, I'm going. All right, Oregon. I got Utah. We'll see who wins, and we'll get back to you on that. All right, NFL. Wait, do you have Damn. other college games? You, you, you. No, no, no. I'm, I think those are the those, those are the good ones. Okay. Um, NFL. Very interested this week. This this is this is a game I really want to watch, and I hope I can watch it somewhere. Jets at the Patriots. Yeah, I think that's that's that may be the best game. I think going into this weekend, I've got the Patriots. I don't think the Jets are ready to do it. They don't got. They don't have Brees Hall. It's at New England. Belichick wins those games against young teams. It's close. This is close. And if it wasn't in New England, I would pick the Jets, but it's the Patriots. And I and I think they'll this this won't be a close game, but I feel like it won't be a close game because it's in it's in uh in Foxborough. So I'm going with the Pats. So this is interesting. Browns at the Bills, but the game is in Detroit. So Josh Allen in a dome versus the Browns, but it's not a home game. I you gotta go Bills. I'm actually gonna go to Browns. I'm gonna oh. go to Browns. This this seems like a sneaky game that they will lose because I don't think the Bills are great at stopping the run. As much as I love to see Josh Allen in the dome throwing for 500 until his until his elbow falls off, I think the Browns, this is a game that they will win. And I look back at when they played the Falcons, and I'm like, what's going on here? Like, the like the Browns are just that team that will mess stuff up, and this is one of those games. Well, uh, I, I will say this, though, that 
the Bills, I don't see them losing two in a row after losing that heartbreaker like that. We'll see. It's not a home game, so that's why I'm a little nervous. Chiefs at the Chargers. Chiefs. Chiefs. They got Andy Reid. They got Patrick <laughs> Mahomes. This was a game that I'm shocked. And who else? Who else do I ask you? They still have Eric the enemy? Yeah. There you go. They got Mahomes, the enemy, Andy Reid. That's all they need. This is a game I'm shocked you didn't put on here because this is hilarious. The Broncos, the Broncos are hosting the Raiders. And this is a game I want to see because they're so bad. I feel like they're going to put on a show to show everyone, hey, we're not as bad as those guys. So who do you got in that game? Man, that's a tough one. Where is it at? It's in Denver. I'm going to go with Denver. I'm going with the Raiders, man. I feel like getting embarrassed by Jeff Saturday, Devontae Adams already started chirping. I think they're I think they going to go show, like, look, we're not as bad as, as this team. Like, our coach ain't as bad as Nathaniel Hackett. All right. You're writing these down. Last game. And I don't know why. I know why you didn't put this game on here because <laughs> it's embarrassing. But I think this is going to be a good game. And shame on you for leaving it off. The Bengals. I knew you were going to say. I knew. How? Why? No, no, no. How is this a good game? When your team's on top, we talk about them. And my Dolphins are are usually bad, and we talk about them all the time. But hey, we never put them in week. We don't. We never put the Dolphins in against the Jets in weekend predictions. Hey, look, man. But this is but this is a rivalry that people care about, and y'all y'all technically not out of the division. So, yeah, you guys are hosting the Bengals, and opening day defense did pretty well against them. So let's. So what do you think? I'm gonna go with the Bengals, and this is the difference. Joe Mixon, we can't stop him. I'm gonna go with the Steelers. It's home game. I think y'all felt like y'all let it slip through y'all hands the first time, and Watt is back. It, I, I just, but we I beat just, them the first time. I feel like I feel like y'all let that game like slip through your hands as far as like you should have beat them by much worse. Like. That should have been a 30 to nothing game. You turned them over like six times. Yeah. And that's not going to happen again. And it's not. Is, and this that's, is that's not going to happen again. But but I feel no. like I feel like y'all beating the Bengals twice in a year is a is, is a nice consolation prize if y'all don't make the playoffs. And it I think is, y'all but, take this game seriously. But this is what we do. We give you hope. We're not making the playoffs, right? Like we're not we're not making the playoffs. So it's Hey, look, look, look. You know. I just asked you to I just asked you to make a prediction. I didn't ask you to give me your life story about you know you crying about the team. And the other that. thing too is so you're not so you're Minka. not pick, you're not picking the Steelers. Hold on, I'm picking I'm I'm picking the Steelers. But, but the other thing too is Minka Fitzpatrick. He's the, he, he might be back. He might be, be back. back. He I think he practiced appendectomy. He might but, be back. But is he going to be? Able, we need him a hundred. We need him like two hundred percent. The the way he played against them in in week one, bro. I, I don't I think, see that after that pandemic. I think not having Jamar Chase. Is is major advantage, y'all? Just by oh, just by the way y'all defense is set up. I I was shocked you guys contained them the first time, but now all you gotta do is worry about T Higgins and load up against uh, Joe Mixon. I'm telling you, man, it's, it's gonna be a sneaky win for y'all. I don't know. I don't see it. I hope you're right. I don't see it, but you never know. That's why they play the game, JT, as they say. So, JT. We would like to thank the fans and listeners. Another great episode in the books. So you can find us and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and whatever platform you find all of your other favorite podcasts. And remember, if you like what we do, leave us a five-star review. And JT, if you don't like what we do, 
leave us a five-star review. And also, please follow us on social media, our handle, JT and the Don. You can find us on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, and Facebook. So, JT, great episode. A lot of fun as always. I hope I clean sweep the weekend predictions, make my comeback. And until the next episode, JT, see ya. Peace.